Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. Welcome to Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I am three quarters of the way done my drink. <laughs> and we're back. We've got a full episode. You missed us. I hope. I hope. We missed you. We did. We really did. Yeah. Life isn't much less crazy. I'm not working yeah. as many 12-hour shifts anymore, but... I am, apparently. Yeah. So Bob's back to work. Yay! Yeah, a lot of big changes are happening. Bob's back at work, and yesterday we bought a house. We closed on a house. We are under contract. I was going to say, we didn't close. No, we're not closed. Our offer got accepted. (laughs) Yes, that's... I... The words are hard. I am three quarters of the way through the drink, and I already stated that. Uh, Yes, you did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... In addition to Bob being at work, we're going to be moving soon. But we're going to try really hard to keep going with full episodes because the news breaks are fine. But the fun part of the podcast is getting to review shit. So I'm happy to be back. Uh, you got anything before we head into the news? Uh, no. Let's go. Let's go. Disney Plus received 71 Emmy nominations. Yeah, they did. Mandalorian had the most nominations with 24, including Outstanding Drama Series. Mm. WandaVision had 23, including Outstanding Limited slash Anthology Series. And Lead Actress in a Limited or Anthology Series from a girl, Elizabeth Olsen. And I'm nice. so psyched. Hamilton got 12 nominations, including Outstanding Variety Special pre-recorded. That's interesting. I heard that they weren't going to be included. They must have figured that out. Mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier got four, including Outstanding Guest Actor for Don Cheadle. <laughs> 100 seconds of screen time. But they were quality 100 seconds. <laughs> I, I mean, I, they were, but at the same time, he also showed up and went, Hey, are you sure? Listen. Don't downplay the Cheadle. I, I I like Don Cheadle, don't get me wrong. It's just, even he thinks it's weird that he got nominated for that part. So, wait till they see Armor Wars. That's what I say. Three nominations. We have National Geographic's Secret of the Whales. Uh, hmm. One of my friends watched that and said it was really good. That includes Outstanding Documentary Series. Hmm. The Force Awakens from its Nap. <laughs> And Once Upon a Snowman both got nominated for Outstanding Short Form Animated Program. Hmm. Becoming got nominated for Outstanding Unstructured Reality Program. And Inside Pixar got nominated for Outstanding Short Form or Nonfiction Animated Series. 
So way to fucking go, Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, Disney Plus is wrapping it up. In other news, there is something called the Stories Continue Summer Tour 2021. The description for this says, Join us on our 4CD adventure with special photo moments, giveaways, live entertainment, and more. And it's just like a little Disney Plus Expo thing, I think. And that's coming to New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and and LA. Are you sure you're not done your drink? Oh, I finished mine and poured a second. What? (laughs) In other news, the first five episodes of Behind the Attraction started streaming on July 21st, as well as the first episode of Turner and Hooch. I cannot wait to watch Behind the Attraction. Let's watch some of that tonight. Okay? Okay. I mean, if you don't care about it, I will binge the shit out of that tomorrow. No, no, no. I was was just playing. Okay. Announced is a documentary about Eddie Braun, produced by Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia, called Stuntman, that starts streaming on July 23rd. Watson is not happy about that. Well, Watson, it is what it is. Sorry, buddy. Season 2 of Diary of a Future President starts streaming on August 18th. I didn't know there was a season 1 of Diary of a Future President. I've never heard that title in my life. (laughs) We're really up on this stuff, aren't we? You'd think I would be. (laughs) And now streaming are We Bought a Zoo. That was a cute movie. And a metric fuckton of more shark shows is what I put in my notes. It's like 10 more shark shows for their little shark week thing. Bob, what you got for us in the Marvel Minute? Well, Marvel has been doing, I want to say, some amazing stuff while we've been gone. Loki wrapped up with a bang, as it were. And... Yeah, it's good times, and if you haven't seen it, go check it out. All of the Disney Plus shows are honestly super quality. Chef's kiss. That being said, I just literally today saw some casting news for a Disney Plus show, Secret Invasion, which I think is next year. Uh, I think it's going to be led by Samuel L. Jackson, but the big casting news is that Amelia Clark, Daenerys Targaryen, has been cast in some unknown role for Secret Invasion. So, yeah, that's happening. And those are the big ones going on right now. The Loki Behind the Scenes started streaming too, right? Yes, Loki Behind the Scenes is out. If it's anything like the other Behind the Scenes, it is probably going to be amazing. I have to watch that myself. Yeah, let's watch that tonight too. Okay. And there are some rumors. I'd love to throw one or two in. One is that Kingpin will be brought into the MCU and possibly the Sony-verse. So he might be a shared character. Yeah, so D'Onofrio would be reprising that role. Oh, nice. And there would be a possible rumor that Punisher is going to show up in Blade. So I'm super excited for it all. Yeah, that's exciting. But really, I just need to know when Charlie Cox gets to come over. There is rumors that he's in Spider-Man and possibly She-Hulk. I hope so. Oh yeah, like he and She-Hulk have a- I mean, they're both lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be on She-Hulk. Yeah. Charlie. And, you know, Peter Parker has some trouble to get out of. That's true. So. That's true, he does. That's what I got. Marvel's kicking and I can't wait. We have Shang-Chi and- Nope. What? Shang. No, I just read an article on it. Kevin Feige says it is supposed to be an O sound, Shang-Chi. Oh, all right. Never mind. So we got Shang-Chi and Marvel What If and Eternals to look forward to before we even get Spider-Man. So we got a whole lot coming this year. And Hawkeye. 
And Hawkeye and the other one. Oh, Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel, yes. Tons, tons, and tons. 2021 is going to be the year of Marvel. I love it. I love everything about it. Me too. All right, what do you say we get into our movie? Do we have to? Yes. Oh. It's Christmas in July, everybody. We watched The Christmas Star. It was a movie. (laughs) We'll get there. First, I need to talk about my drink, because my drink is fucking baller. It is baller, and I'm sad that you got a second one, and I did not. I'm going to call it Christmas in July. Okay. Because it is a white drink that has white sprinkles on top, so it looks like snow. But it is key lime flavored, so it's a little bit of the summer in the winter. It's a key lime cream rum. This one is by Blue Chair Bay, I think is the company. It's that mixed with vanilla ice cream and a little bit of vanilla almond milk. You can put it in a blender if you want to be legit, or if you're lazy like me, just pour it in a glass and let it sit for a minute and then whisk it a little bit. Same result. Pour it in a martini glass, sprinkle some white sprinkles on top, Boom. Done. It is very good. It is delectable. Apparently, I just need to stick with, like, ice cream-based cocktails. That seems to be where my niche is. Oh, no. My heart. (laughs) As far as trivia goes for this movie, there's not a lot. It's an older movie, and IMDb doesn't tend to have much for the older guys. Basically, all it's got is that this is Ed Asner's Disney debut, and he would, of course, go on to voice Carl Fredrickson in Up!, And this was also his first time playing a version of Santa, kind of. Though he would go on to play Santa multiple times in his career, including, of course, an elf. So I guess let's get into the movie. (laughs) It starts out with some good old Jingle Bell, like pretty Christmassy music. And it's like panning over a town. And then it zooms in on a penitentiary. Yeah. There is some dude in this prison having a Linus-level monologue about Christmas, but not really in kind of the spirit of Christmas, but mostly just about the Christmas star, which I've never seen so much emphasis on the Christmas star in pretty much anything Christmas-related ever. Yes. The Christmas star is the magical being in this movie, which was an odd choice to me. Well, we named it the Christmas star, and then we had to figure out why we named it the Christmas star. (laughs) That's probably how it happened. They're sitting around a board meeting. Okay, we need to come up with a Christmas movie. What hasn't been done yet? Well, we talk about the Christmas star a lot. Let's do something with that thing. (laughs) And it was the 80s. So, you know, cocaine. That's right. So anyway, this dude's having his Linus monologue. Bob Hoskins is not into it. And... When he kind of makes fun of the monologue, the guy is like, men without Christmas spirit die alone. And that is the uh, vibe that we're starting with here. It is such a cheery movie, and it really warms the heart. So the next scene, Bob Hoskins is working in the shop at the prison, and they're watching the parade on TV, and they're talking about how parts of the parade are going to be auctioned off. Because next year it's going to be, quote, Christmas Robot Land. Yeah. While they're showing this and talking about everything getting auctioned off, he starts eyeballing the TV and the camera lingers very, very, very long on the head of a reindeer on the display. So on Christmas Day, a Santa visits the penitentiary. 
I I cannot say that word. With the penitentiary. A drink in. Yeah. Come on, I got my drink in me too. Listen, in my defense, there is an I in there at the end that we generally don't say. So I'm trying to read it, but then tell my brain not to say what I read. So anyway, I was going to say prison because it's easier. There's a Santa visiting the prison and Bob Hoskins, whose character's name is McNichol. (laughs) Oh, I love that name. It's so dumb. McNichol snags the Santa and changes into his costume and then rolls the fuck out of there. Which my favorite part of this was Bob Hoskins looks like Santa. They purposefully gave him the gray hair, the big, thick, bushy beard. Yeah. And he probably could have just put on the costume without all the fake beard and shit and gotten out of there. But no, he's still going to put on that shitty ass beard. I guess it covers his face more. I was going to say, I was going to give him that at least here. And I was worried that they were going to run the whole movie that way. But he does at least meet up with a security guard. And you wouldn't want to have your full face out there. So I I give him that until he gets out of the prison. That's true. So at the parade, we meet Billy. There is this dick kid. I think his name was Johnny. Yep. Yeah. It's always little Johnny. Johnny's the dick. Always. So little Johnny calls the Santa over at the parade and then rips his beard off of his face and runs off with it. Billy, who believes in Santa, is like, what the fuck? Johnny, on his way home, finds a stray dog and brings it to his dad, who is gleefully stamping evicted stamps onto a stack of papers. Played by Odo. Yes. Rene Abergenois. One of my favorite names to say. Man, he is playing a straight up asshole in this movie. Not even like an asshole, but a theatrical asshole. Yeah. Johnny wants to take in this dog and his dad's like, get that thing out of here. You're a terrible son, etc., etc. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, all that good stuff. And Johnny runs off with the dog. Next, we go to Billy's family at dinner. The times are hard, and Mom is telling Billy's sister not to get her hopes up about Christmas presents. And while they're talking, the bell rings, and Johnny has left the dog on their doorstep, and Billy brings it in. Okay, before we move on, was the dad on purpose doing the world's worst Jimmy Stewart accent? Or was it just his acting? I don't know. I didn't notice that. I want to go back and watch it now. That whole scene, (laughs) it was like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And I'm like, is he literally (laughs) doing Jimmy Stewart? That's possible. Next scene, we are at a police station and Herman Munster is playing the cop that put McNichol away. That man has the largest head I've ever seen. Yes, he does. Which, I mean, was perfect for Herman Munster. No, I'm not knocking him. I it just, you cannot look at this movie and not notice it. Now that McNichol has escaped, they put him back on the case. And he immediately wonders why McNichol would escape when he only had six months left on his sentence. Hmm, interesting. What? We go back to Billy. He heads down into his basement and finds McNichol asleep down there. And he thinks that he's the real Santa because he has a real beard. Billy gets him a cane for his sprained ankle, which he sprained while he was escaping. And McNichol tells them not to say anything to anyone or Billy and his sister, who's also there, are not going to get any presents. What a Santa Claus. Yeah. Is that like the Old Testament Santa Claus? No, it's the Snyderverse (laughs) Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Everything's dark and gritty. (laughs) 
He leaves, but Billy follows him because he wants to see all of the elves at the workshop. And McNichol takes the head off of a reindeer on that display. But there's only shredded newspaper inside, and he obviously was expecting something else. He hears cops coming and sees a Salvation Army Santa and gives the Salvation Army Santa the cane and then takes the bell and is like, oh, no, no, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Do it like this. And then he rings the bell and then runs away and hides around a corner. So he's planted his cane on someone else. The cops show up, but it's Salvation Army Santa that they take down and they take the cane from him for Prince when he explains that the cane was not his. Purple rain. Purple rain. No, cane. Oh, I meant prince. Oh, ha ha ha. Okay, McNichol goes and visits a lady named Sarah. He is looking for Lucky, who is his old partner, but Lucky cleaned her out. Poor Sarah, she was having a rough time. During their conversation, we find out that McNichol took the fall for Lucky, and somehow Sarah doesn't recognize McNichol. Maybe he didn't have the beard when he went in. Maybe. And he's also dressed like Santa. Uh, True. He also doesn't change his clothes through this entire movie. Yes, he does. He dresses up like a grandpa later. Oh, that's right. But then he puts the Santa suit back on. Yes, he does. We're getting (laughs) ahead of ourselves. Okay. So Sarah's like, wait, I do have something of Lucky's. He told me to hold on to it and keep it safe. And it's an old rusty key. And she gives that to McNichol. So not a really good job of holding on to it and keeping it safe, I guess. Did she recognize him? Was she just playing it? I Am I giving it too much credit that she just gave the key away because she was like, funk this? She's like, this guy knew him. It must be fine. Yeah. Back in the basement, McNichol hears John taking shit from his dad. And based on the look on McNichol's face, this was definitely his childhood too. Yeah. At this point, I thought, all right, this is why you hire Bob Hoskins. Right. Because he's a fucking incredible actor and is going to take this cheesy movie and elevate it with his gravitas. I will be honest, this scene, and he's listening to this beration and this child taking this abuse. You could see it in Bob Hoskins' eyes. Bob Hoskins? No. Ed Asner's eyes. Ed Asner, damn it! Shit! You said it too! My notes at the very beginning of this fucking episode say Bob Hoskins. (laughs) I've always confused the two of them. (laughs) They are two completely different people, just FYI. I know. They're just like older bald guys that I recognize vaguely from when I was a little kid. You know what I mean? I became aware of Roger Rabbit around the same time I became aware of Mary Tyler Moore. And the two Uh. of them just fused in my brain, I think. Okay. Okay. I don't get it, but... I... (laughs) I didn't say it made sense. I just, I've always struggled. Listen, I can at least say that I never, ever confuse Pullman, Paxton, and Jeff Daniels. So I got that going for me. I didn't know Jeff Daniels was involved in that, but okay. Oh yeah, there's like a whole family guy skit about it. Okay. Anywho. (laughs) McNichol also hears... Can we do a family guy cutaway? (laughs) No, I'm trying to edit this quickly. (laughs) McNichol also overhears... Billy and Trudy, that's the sister's name, he overhears their parents saying that they can't afford Christmas presents. So he's just eavesdropping on everybody's business. So the kids show up and he recruits them to help him find his money because he needs that money to buy Christmas presents for all the kids in the world. Because everything's cash and carry now, yeah. That's right, that's exactly what he says. (laughs) 
So they find him clothes to dress up as their grandfather, and they go and explore the same display. It's a big throne to see if they can find some other clue about where it would be hidden. And they see that there's a keyhole on the throne that Santa sits on. Clue. The keyhole is like almost two inches wide. Yeah, it's ginormous. (laughs) Meanwhile, John sees the dog tied up outside the basement and overhears them talking down there. He comes in and McNichol tells the other kids he wants to talk to Johnny alone. McNichol does this whole, I know you wish that Billy's parents were your parents and you want more than anything for that dog to not be sick anymore. Oh yeah, that's a big running thing, by the way. They keep saying the dog is sick. He doesn't seem sick. Nope, but they make sure to tell you he's sick. And Johnny asks Santa if he can help him and he says he'll see what he can do. It's a nice little moment. It is a great little moment. And and you're like, wow, this hardened criminal is going to turn this all around and it's going to be a Christmas miracle. Yeah. We go back to the kids trying to unlock the throne. Billy gets caught by a cop or a security guard guy and he drops the key in a fucking grate. Billy, I'm going to need your ass to be cooler than that. Yeah, he's not. God, he sucks. (laughs) He's a nice kid, but he pretty much jacks up everything he tries to do. But Trudy sees a book on a display window, and there's a riddle about the Christmas throne in that book. So she reads that riddle out to them, and they start making their way back. And while they do, a bunch of kids start following them, and it turns out that Trudy told everybody that Santa was there. So now all the neighborhood kids want to see Santa. At this point, I start referring to him as Mick Santa. (laughs) They all go to see Mick Santa, and he plays the role and lets them all sit on his lap and tell them what they want for Christmas. You remember what happens next, Bob? Uh, Something about, is it that Christmas comes and everyone lives happily ever after? No, Bob, the dog fucking dies. The dog dies in a fucking Christmas movie. Out of nowhere, too. Yes, they keep saying, the dog is going to die. The dog is going to die. But the dog looks great. Yeah. And then the dog just, is gone. Dead. And we get to see Johnny find the dead dog and shake it and try to wake it back up. That was a real fun time. Yeah, it's a, a really heartwarming moment, Christmas movie. This all happens while the kids are working on this mission for Santa. We're just cutting away to Johnny and the dead dog. So the kids all start filing out on their mission Hey, honey. Uh-huh. Just just to ask you, is there a reason that this dog had to die in this movie? I'm thinking. Nope. Sure isn't. No. No, there's not a goddamn reason that this dog needed to die. I'm not going to spoil it till we get to the end, but the dog fucking died for no reason. Kids go on their mission. Johnny comes in crying and tells them that the dog is dead and says, Mick Santa lied to him. Because he promised to save the dog. And then Mick Santa tells the Christmas star story to Billy. Because Billy's all sad. And that's supposed to make it better, apparently. So the kids sing a Christmas carol to the security guard. Oh, and like the Christmas star story isn't that the wise men followed the star and saw baby Jesus. Not that Christmas star story. This is a Christmas star story where someone makes an act of selflessness And then the star shines down on them and a miracle happens or some kind of bullshit like that. Yep. Have you ever heard this story before, honey? Nope, sure haven't. (laughs) Huh. When did this movie come out? 1986. Yeah, 1986. You think that two people who were born in the 80s might have heard this story from this movie at some point. No. No. 
So we go to the kids on their big con. They are singing a Christmas carol to the security guard to distract him while Billy and Trudy get to the throne. And they get into the throne, literally. The key opens a hatch. They climb in. And while they're in there, the throne gets moved into a department store. They take down the display at the exact time the children climb in there. They figure out that there's a riddle in the throne. They, like, climb out once they're in the store. They figure out the riddle and it triggers a mechanism that pops open the throne. They have to, like, poke an elf's eyeball and, like, pull a lion's head on it or something weird. And then... Yeah. It's interesting because wherever this mechanism would have come from is where they were in the throne. Shh. <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle, You're thinking huh? too hard. Once the mechanism gets triggered, a mechanical Santa holding a bag pops up. That's the bag of money. They grab the bag and run out. Meanwhile, Johnny has gone to the cops and reported Mick Santa and the plan. He's turned into a big ol' fucking snitch. Herman Munster puts out an APB to find Mick Santa and the kids. The kids give Mick Santa the money and he heads to the train tracks to hop a train and get the hell out of Dodge. Sidebar, at this point, why is he back in the Santa suit? Why didn't he just keep his grandpa clothes so he doesn't look like a big fucking Santa on the run? All the cops are looking for a Santa on the run. <laughs> didn't see the big finger on the map saying McSanta is here. I, I just... So, um, what's your prediction from here? You know, he's got the money, he's on the run from the cops, your standard Christmas movie, what would you expect to happen? I would expect that he'd probably hop on the train and be sitting there and just kind of reflecting on the bond that he's formed with these kids and kind of reflecting on his life choices. And Johnny's dad, maybe, and the fact yeah. that he was abusing him, and he went through that. Yeah. And then maybe he'd just have a change of heart and go back. That sounds like a really good Christmas movie. That's not what this is. Instead, why don't we just make it a horror movie? So left turn, everyone. They got on more crack cocaine. The cocaine is back in full force. This train is the Polar Express to hell. <laughs> To hell! He's looking out the window. There's random landscapes outside that are changing. Like it goes from a desert to yeah, a field. Yeah, really bad effects. And his old pal Lucky appears. But when he tries to look him in the face, he turns him around and he's a fucking skeleton. By the way, that's the same reveal that happens in the movie Psycho. Picture him swiveling the chair and she's a fucking skeleton. Except this is a kid's movie. Yeah. Oh, and also we get to see a shot of Johnny sitting next to the dog's grave. Because that's some awesome visuals <laughs> for small children. And then we're back to the old man telling him he's going to die alone and forgotten because he doesn't have Christmas spirit. And then he has his, I'll change, he's having a mystical Scrooge moment. Like, that's really what's happening. He's being visited by all the spirits in one fucking demon train. <laughs> Yeah, I think they tried to swing for the fences and just came up with, hey, why don't we get rid of the other two ghosts and just have the big fucking scary one at the end? It was such a wild turn. It would have terrified <laughs> me as a child. Yeah, so much. Like, Scrooge with the big puppet end ghost thing, like, that got me back when I was a kid. This would have been terrifying yeah i hated skeletons when i was the age that this was directed towards <laughs> yeah 
yikes. So back to a Christmas story. Yeah. He's now on his redemption path, and he's decided that step one of his redemption is he's just gonna scare the ever-loving shit out of the asshole dad. He just literally shows up and acts like some demon-possessed Santa and scares Rene Abergenois out of it. Say it again, baby. Say it again. Rene Abergenois. Yeah. (laughs) And once asshole dad's own terror vision is done, he goes to visit Billy. And just as he is about to confess that he is not actually Santa, the cops show up and surround him. And then (laughs) they start playing We Three Kings as a fucking dirge as he's being arrested. Yes. Like, dun, 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 dun. Like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah. God. This is such a crack show. We may have even moved on to heroin at this point. Oh, man. So Billy's all distressed. He runs up to the rooftop and he sees his Christmas star. And the Christmas star starts shining on the cop car like the fucking eye of Sauron. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me just say that at this moment in the scenes, everything is like it's super late, almost early morning-esque. Yeah. So... Out of nowhere, behind Billy, appears a puppy on the roof. And then it starts snowing, and that was Billy's dad's only wish, was that he could have a white Christmas. And then uh, asshole dad is having his Scrooge door-to-door spreading cheer moment. He goes to everyone's apartment and tells them that they are all paid in full, in cash, by Santa Claus. Yes. McNichol has taken all that money and paid off everyone's homes. McNichol gets back to the prison and greets everybody with a big smile and a hug. Sarah finds a really pretty dress outside her house that he left for her. And by the way, throughout this entire montage of going from person to person and going through their wrap-up story, the time of day has gone from night to day to night to day to night to day at least six times. (laughs) They did it all in one night, Bob. (laughs) No, they didn't. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm just saying, time is wibbly wobbly. (laughs) So Johnny shows up at the apartment where everybody's kind of starting to convene. Billy shows him the puppy and asshole dad comes over and hugs him and wishes him a Merry Christmas. I'm sure that makes up for the many years of emotional and physical abuse. And then everyone sings, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Very weirdly the end (laughs) so (laughs) okay okay here's here's my main i had one thing that i wrote afterward where i was like this thought the ending for this movie sucks dick because that whole time that he was having his terror horror show on the train none of that was about you don't make the world a better place. None of it was about his selflessness and how he should love others. And like, it's not Scrooge going to the Cratchit's house and seeing their happiness and their warmth. Literally the takeaway of that train ride was if you don't do the right thing, you're going to die alone. Yep. 
The end. The end. Not, so it, there was like zero character development. He literally went and did all this stuff because he got fucking scared out of his mind by the world's worst mushroom trip. Like, right. uh, why would, why? Why would you have him fueled by a trauma vision instead of actually witnessing love and goodness and just making the right choice? Well, clearly you can't make the right choice on your own. You need some sort of supernatural vision to scare the living shit out of you. And that's yeah. what he passed on to Asshole Dad. Yeah. So and like, Scrooge has the whole, you know, seeing his grave and no one is there caring about him or missing him. But that's not the takeaway. The takeaway is Tiny right. Tim's grave. Right. He doesn't bring the dog back. Okay, he does give away the money, but he did it out of fear. Right, fear for himself, and then only got the other guy to do it by causing fear. Fear in for him. himself, and right. then giving him a whole shit ton of money. Right. <sighs> Asshole dad, quote unquote, gets threatened to love his son. Okay, he does. So there's a little growth, but it's not for the right reasons. And how long is that going to last? Till the money does, probably. Right, I'm going to get on my trainer box for a minute. This is why fear-based... <laughs> Punishment doesn't work. Yeah. Because when the scary stimulus is gone, the behavior comes back. Yep. There's like no, no positive reinforcement in here at all. It's all fear-based punishment. Welcome to the 80s, everybody. That's Christmas. Okay, the good. Ed Asner, fucking fantastic. And I'd yeah. be lying if I said that this movie didn't keep me entertained. I never really got bored. I was really tired. I thought I was going to fall asleep. I agree with you. Like, I was like, what? What is going to happen next? Yeah. I can't say that I was sitting there like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. Blah, blah, blah. I enjoyed watching it, even though I knew it was bad. It was kind of one of those. I didn't hate sitting through it, but if you sit down and actually try to break it down, you're going to find 50,000 holes in the plot. So yeah, as far as entertainment value goes, it wasn't not entertaining. No. Do I need to see it again? No. Is this going to be a repeat Christmas viewing, which I do with my favorite Christmas movies? Fuck no. <laughs> I might want to show your dad it just for fun. <laughs> I don't think he wants you to do that. <laughs> okay. I mean, who knows? He's listening now. You let us know, dad. Other good stuff. I thought the little sister was fantastic. She was super cute and really yeah. funny and not an obnoxious little girl annoying character. No, both of the other boys were that. They were, I'm going to overact because I'm a child actor. Yeah, you could tell she was just a naturally funny kid. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Stewart dad. Yeah, he was That's fine. That's a thing. I didn't hate Jimmy Stewart dad. The mom was nice. Mom seemed cool. That's kind of all I got. <laughs> yeah... If I had been a kid, I would have been into the whole figuring out the riddle of how to get the money out of the throne. I would have thought that was really cool as a kid. Yeah. But it definitely isn't one that's going to hold up when you're an adult. <sighs> if you don't have nostalgia to fall back on. Yeah. You got anything else? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, you already said that part. I know, but it's true. <laughs> All right, Bob. Then on a scale of one to five... Christmas Thrones. Oh, okay. What were you thinking? Dead dogs? <laughs> dead dogs, bags of money? I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. One to five skeletons. Yeah, one to what five Christmas skeletons. Christmas star. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm gonna give it... Okay, as far as rewatchability, do I want to see this movie? Should everyone go out and watch it? It's one to five. Oof. It might get a femur. But I will say, as far as should you experience it once? Maybe? Just to see what we're talking about? Because... Had someone told me this story, I would have told them that they were freaking crazy. There's no movie out there like that. It exists. I'm going to give it one and a half skeletons because of that at least. I'm not going to zero it out. I'm not going to hit it with a one. I'm going to give it at least a one and a half. Ed, uh, Ed Asner did well. The girl was pretty fun. Herman Munster, he's a great actor in this. Um, he was, you know, your cop from the 80s. So yeah, I think it deserves at least a one and a half. I think, oof, I'd see, I'm looking at our past ratings because I really didn't know where to put this one. Uh-huh. And I gave The Luck of the Irish and Quince, oh no, you gave them two stars. I gave uh -huh. Luck of the Irish two stars and Quince three stars. Okay, on that note, I will revise. I'll give it two stars because Ed Asner, that scene when he's down in the basement and he's listening to Asshole Dad, he acts the fuck out of that scene. Yeah. Two stars. I think I'm also going to go two. I'm on the fence between two and two and a half because it's definitely a much better movie than The Luck of the Irish. But I think they both kind of have that this is so bad that it's entertaining kind of quality. Yeah. So I'm going to put it at the same thing, even though Ed Asner's acting was at a four and a half, five star. The movie on a whole, I gotta give two stars. We're in consensus. Two stars. Yep. Two skeletons. Two skeletons. Two Christmas skeletons. That's right. Two Christmas skeletons for the Christmas star. And uh, I do believe, Bob, it is your week to roll. Please, please do better than me. <laughs> 345. Oh, Bobo! come through again it's not the best marvel movie but it's a marvel movie oh wow our first marvel movie yes sir iron man 3 whoo okay okay i'm excited i'll watch a marvel movie you know what i think it's fitting with what's coming up soon in the theaters so i'm good with that yeah 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 that works there is a character that is referenced in iron man 3 that will come to fruition in shang chi so, I'm kind of excited. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. We'll great. talk about that next time, so. Yeah. We hope you guys will join us in two weeks-ish. This episode's going to go up a little bit late because we are recording on the day that we would normally drop. But we wanted to get a full episode in for you guys, so we figured a little bit late was better than nothing. I'm still working on my episode too, so. Yeah. And now we have to you know, inspect a house and pack and move. But we're going to try really hard to stay as on schedule as we can. Uh, but we hope you'll join us in two-ish weeks for our next film review adventure. In the meantime, like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Roulette. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Disney Roulette Pod. Or you can shoot us an email at Disney Roulette Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at browsehousemedia.com or just drop a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. Or on Facebook. Or on Facebook. And beware 
A man with no Christmas spirit will die alone and forgotten!